Hello, everybody. Oh, yeah, I guess that works. This is working. This is fine. I'm just looking at this at OBS. Hi, everybody. It's Laughing Boy LP. Uh, it's welcome to another episode of Dialogue Box. It's been a good, like, what, six months, I think, probably. Uh, nope. What do you mean, nope? What is nope? Oh, okay. Oh, okay, that's... You're not ready, so do, you, do I need to start over? I need to start the stream over, Hyrule, for you. Anyway, uh, <laughs> look, we've, we've got a fantastic show, I think. You know, we won't know until it's over, right? I, you never know about these things. Uh, it's, it's been like a good six months. I haven't done my stretches. I haven't done like my exercises. Uh, it's been forever since I've done a podcast. I don't even know how to do it anymore. Uh, but we're going to try. We're going to figure this out together. Uh, but with me today, we've got, uh, you can, you can find her on Twinfinite. She writes for, uh, for, you know, video game journalist site. Um, you can also find her on twitch.television where she streams. We've got Forrest Minish here with us tonight. Hello. Hey, thank you so much for inviting me back on Dialogue Box. You say we don't know if it'll be a good show until it's over, but you are always a natural at these, and they are always so much fun. So I'm excited to talk some Pokemans. Yeah, and we can. And Frisk is over in the very little corner right there. There. You know, he always needs attention. So he's like, I heard that you were going to be on a podcast tonight. So you know mm. what? I, I, I want in. I want in. Perfect. He's got some opinions, I hope. Oh, he has strong opinions, let strong, me tell you. Very strong opinions. Definitely not coming through you as the speaker for your cat. <laughs> I should, like, turn him into a puppet and, like, have him talking for me because he's the real star. Everyone knows that. <laughs> <laughs> that's Well, that's your VTuber idea there. <laughs> exactly, yes. Exactly. Uh, my forehead is shiny, so that means it's time to get started. I'm just looking at my reflection. Maybe maybe this is a little too hot. Maybe maybe I'll just turn it down a little bit. Let's go. Let's go on controls. Thank thank you for putting up with this podcast, listeners. Which you can do so if you uh, subscribe to Dialogue Box over on Spotify or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. If you like uh, mowing the lawn, driving a car, but you want to listen to people talk about video games. Spotify, Apple, iTunes, uh, others. You can probably find <laughs> all them of them. Yeah, I literally I just I, I put it on Spotify I, and I just let it go. So I have no idea where it goes after that. I know it's on Spotify. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking about some Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Uh, this will be a spoiler cast. So if you have not finished the game, but you don't care about spoilers or if you've already finished the game, uh, you can you can stick around. Otherwise, you know, I warned you. It's a spoiler cast. Warned. We're, we'll probably talk about the end. I don't even like. I didn't specifically have a portion talking about the ending. But if we do, then it covers me. I'm I'm safe. And so are you. And so is everyone in chat. So feel free to chime in with your opinions as well. Uh, and you know, maybe if they're they're cool opinions, I'll read them. Or maybe I'll just ignore it. Who knows. So let's get started. We'll do some housekeeping at the end of this podcast because I've got stuff to talk about. We dialogue box is back. We've uh, we'll hopefully for the foreseeable future, uh, and so we've got some extra stuff to talk about. But I will after we finish this episode. Um, 
So, I, you know, I just want to talk about the game. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. We've, we've finished it. We've been through it. What, uh, what has your experience been so far in terms of, like, Playing the game, uh, I don't know, you probably had a review copy, so I don't know what you can and can't talk about that experience. Um, I did play it for a review, but I didn't get the game until after it came out. Um, but I <laughs> was surprised because today when the when they came out with the Nintendo Switch year in review, I don't know if you went on and saw all of your games that you've been playing yet. this year and how many hours. I was surprised to see that Pokemon Scarlet somehow is the number two most played game of my year uh, on the Nintendo Switch because it's the game that came out most recently. So I guess I must have sunk a lot of hours into it in this last month or so. It hasn't even been out for a month. Um, Man, that game's addictive. I mean, honestly, I haven't really thought about how much time I've spent on that game exactly. But I mean, kind of hoping that... Number two, I haven't been able to check it out yet, so I will definitely let you know once I do. I, I got the Twitch recap. I figured out you told me how to do it. I got that set. I, I got it all going. I got my free engagement for the day. Uh, <laughs> so we'll wait until tomorrow to talk about Nintendo and Sony and all the fun times I had on those two consoles over the last year. Um, fun being in quotations in some cases. I mean, I... What, I must be 40, 60 hours in? Uh, I think that's about how many hours I have in it, too, which, like, maybe I just haven't sunk. Well, I, I feel like I've sunk a lot of hours into that, Legends Arceus, Splatoon, but I was just so surprised that it was the second most played game for me, considering how recently it came out. Um, there, I feel like it, it's a lengthier game than a lot of the Pokemon games, just because of the three paths that you can do. Yeah. Um, but then also I spent a lot of time so far afterwards, like shiny hunting and collecting Pokemon for my deck. So yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of time sync for it already. <laughs> we have Alec and stuff in chat that says 250 hours. Uh, he's approaching. Have there even been 250 hours since the game came <laughs> out? Alec? I don't think so. I don't think, you know what time is a construct <laughs> really. So who knows how much time is actually been. Well, I, I know they're, uh, I know they're shiny hunting too. I, I just finished maybe a couple of days ago the main story campaign, like all three plus the final ending. Mm-hmm. And now I'm kind of like, I could do the gym stuff again, but I should probably also finish my decks and figure out what I'm going to do with that. Um, yeah, I haven't done the the second gym battles, like the post-game gym battles yet. Uh, to me, it's kind of weird. It's like, okay, you just beat the game. Do you want to do it again? Like, <laughs> I don't really know how it's supposed to be that different. <laughs> but I mean, typically I found that they'll just do like, hey, do you want to do it again, but harder? And yeah. it's like, yeah, OK, that's fine. I can do that. I can I can be a gamer. Um, But it's I think right now I just want to kind of spend some time trying to finish out when you talk to uh Jacques and he's like all right catch 50 pokemon come back to me catch 100 pokemon come back to me catch 200 and i'm kind of surprised like the amount of catching that you're able to do in the game just in general and i still didn't have 200 by the time i had finished the game yeah uh, 
Like it's an enormous amount of Pokemon that you can just like see in general. Uh, yeah, I thought they did a good job with that, actually. I feel like one of the problems in the linear Pokemon games is how you encounter a lot of the same ones, like, root after root. Like, how many times can you run into a Pidgey? How many times can you run into, you know, like, a Zubat and whatnot? But I guess maybe that's part of, like, the charm of the open world. Like, I didn't feel like I was running into the same stuff all the time. It felt like a good mix. Yeah, and I think for me, too, I was like... uh one of the very first times that Pokemon as a game tried to give you brand new Pokemon at, at all at once was like Hoenn. So like Ruby and Sapphire. And apparently the story there is like the creators wanted to do a completely brand new decks from scratch. And at halfway through the development, they were like, oh, wait, no, we don't have enough time to make like a completely new Pokedex. So we'll just bring everyone back. So like halfway through the game, all of a sudden you just start seeing all the old Kanto and Johto Pokemon. Um, I didn't realize that's why that, that was like that. Yeah. Uh, so like, it's really exciting because you see, Oh, look at that stretch. Big stretch. That's a big old stretch. Where are you big going? <laughs> he <wants> uh, attention. <laughs> <laughs> but like you, you see a whole slew of brand new Pokemon. And then all of a sudden you are just kind of bogged down by like repeats. And I feel like the uh, Scarlet and Violet, do a pretty good mix from the start. Like it, it's enough to get you excited. Um, mm -hmm. But then there's enough familiarity, but it's not the same. Like, I think the biggest surprise for me was that there were no Geodudes or Zubats. Right. I know they didn't have, I don't even think they're in the game at all. Are they? Uh, I, I haven't seen them. <laughs> <laughs> DLC. Which maybe. is good. <laughs> oh no. Well, no, I don't even think there's like a Pokemon that is equivalent to that in this game like i don't think there's any one that i was like oh not that again you know what i mean like i feel like every game there's something equivalent to the geodude or zubat like too many bidu for too many you know whatever it is in each each gen i, I have that here i definitely agree i think for me i the one thing i really didn't notice was anything where it's like okay this has been in like every game um there was some emphasis on bringing back Galar Pokemon. Um, so the the you know, you see Roly Coley and um uh -huh. Impidimp and Hatterin, like those lines kind of come back. Um Corvanite. Corvanite comes back. I mean, and and that's really definitely one of my favorite aspects of Pokemon this gen has been like the interactions between different Pokemon. They haven't really done that in a while. Yes. Uh, like, so specifically, you have Corviknight and uh, Tinkaton or Tinkaton. And just the fact that, like, we used to do Corviknight uh, taxis, but we kept getting attacked by trolls. So we had to stop. <laughs> I love that. I love that they, like, put in, like, a lore, like an in-game reason as to why it's no longer Corviknight. Like, they thought, okay, we're doing it a little bit differently this time. But instead of just changing it up and not saying anything, we're going to put this like random line into the Pokedex for Tinkaton uh, about why it's not like that anymore. And it's really not like. It's it's at least descriptive, but not too much. So it leaves some to the uh, to the imagination. Um, yeah, Ampharos is back. I, I got to love my Ampharos. He, he punches like ridiculously. Got that ice punch. He's got that thunder punch. 
speaking of punches, uh, I think it was really interesting to have like a fighting electric type that like barely learned any fighting moves. Wait, which one was that? Uh, Pomo. Oh, I didn't even really use Pomo that much. I didn't even know that he turned into a fighting type. What was uh, I, um... what was your end team like? Okay, I had my starter Mascarada. I had uh, the donut dog. What's his name? Dox Bun. Oh, Dash Bun. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Uh, the Helmstone, just because he he had that one super strong move, the Ghost uh, Graveyard Dog. I mm-hmm. had Tatsugiri, my water dragon, little sushi fish. Mm-hmm. The Fire Tauros. So that was the Scarlet exclusive, where it was like fighting and fire type. It took forever to find that one. Like the 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 Tauros that wasn't just fighting, it was fighter fi- fighting fire. Um, how many have I said? One, two, three, four, five. Um, who was my sixth one? Yeah, now I have to think about it. I asked the question. I don't know. I had Crocodile. It must, must not have been that memorable. <laughs> damn, damn. Uh, <laughs> I had Crocodile, or why am I? Oh, God. Okay, so I keep getting his name wrong. For Fuecoco's like middle evolution, I keep saying Crocodile, but that's Totodile's mid tier. Uh, anyway, I had a Scarlet Dirge, Scala Dirge. Um, I had Palmot. I had uh, the the engine, the Vava Vroom. I didn't see anybody else use that one. Did you like it? Uh, it was an interesting Pokemon because like it kind of doesn't start off that great. Um, but I was like constantly trying to. So one of the things I like to do to challenge myself is to create a team that's only new. So nothing from previous games. Yeah. Um, so it helps me like <clears throat> and I did that when I got back into Pokemon like 10 years ago because there was so much new stuff that I hadn't seen before. So I tried to learn all the new stuff and mm-hmm. uh, there wasn't really besides uh besides the whooper uh regional exclusive oh that's who i that's who i use oh, the okay. Claude Claude Sire. Sire. that was my last one yes which i should have remembered that because uh <laughs> she ended up kicking butt at the very end for me she was so good it seems like Claude Sire is very good and i should have mm-hmm. just stuck with that um he's a tank yeah and so i was just kind of like what if i just had a steel type Pokemon instead of ground and I can just give it some ground type moves. And I was like, well, it only learns bulldoze. It's okay. It's okay. But like I, there were times where I definitely struggled in the middle where I was trying to use Pokemon that I think would cover each other very well, but then I couldn't find any sensible move sets for them. Um, I either wasn't getting decent TMs or I had to make them and couldn't have access right. to them um, or they just didn't learn them. So I, like Pama, I think, got better for me over time once I started getting better moves. Mm-hmm. But for us, for a while, I was kind of like I could have just gone with like belly bolt or something like that or an electric type. Um, well, how much did you experiment with the uh, the I keep calling it bejeweled mode, but the terra terrestrializing because oh. that changes their typing and can it like kind of throws things off a little bit if um, you know you're not expecting a Pokemon to bedazzle terra type uh, <laughs> and then it's suddenly a different type. 
Um, and then it throws off all of your plans on what your team makeup is. So part of that I had uh, some difficulties with in terms of finding decent ones because half the time, like if you found the little Super Saiyan Pokemon somewhere around, uh, you had to kind of hope that they had a decent like Terra type. Um, right. There was a lot of going through raids where after a while they... I was only finding like Bond Suites or... Uh, other Pokemon that couldn't be put into my team. Like the, I think one of the problems was like the first quarter of the game, you were dealing with like the same Pokemons in every single raid. So I, I only saw bounce suites like crab brawlers and maybe like one or two other Pokemon. It wasn't until more than halfway through the game where I started seeing like, Oh, okay. Here's uh for some reason, Salamence is coming up, but even though it was a special raid, uh, but oh, like, okay. here's some newer Pokemon. Here's like a Dratini out of nowhere. Here's this one. Here's a completely different Pokemon that you can actually maybe want to have on your team. Um, and so it was it was tough. Uh, and in fact, I actually had a Griever that for a little bit that was, I think, Grass Terra. I'll just have him on my team for Grass type. But even then, like unless it learns Grass type moves, it's kind of useless, and you don't get Terra Blast until way later. Yeah, that's like way at the end almost. Uh, so I, I kind of found that to be a problem as well. Uh, I think mostly for me, it was like it was hard to take advantage of Terra types unless you found one that was the same Terra type as your Pokemon. Right. Yeah. Good point. Uh, I think rounding out that team. Oh, I did wind up picking small off uh, for my uh, team. It, it I actually love what it evolves into it has a really good special attack stat. I'm I'm kind of surprised. Like it's it's pretty useful <laughs> as a grass type. That's awesome. Um and then uh so let's see car engine, crocodile, ghost, um sm- uh, olive boy. I love how we don't even know any other names. It's just fighting like rat. I don't even nickname mine, <laughs> so I have no excuse. Uh and so I'm blanking on the other Oh, uh I went with Palafin. Oh, um, okay. Your excuse is that there is now officially over 1,000 of them, and who has time to remember all of those? <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't get the, uh, the serial mascot on my team yet. <laughs> um, what, then, what was your reaction to seeing that? The, uh, the, I call it a cheese stick because it looks like, like a cheese stick mascot. Well, what was it? It was either you or Miss Fushi. So when we did the stream on our on my Twitch channel, which you can go follow at twitch.tv slash LifeandLoyalP. It's no big deal. It's whatever. You can do it. It's free. It doesn't hurt you. Um, you can. So like, I think one of y'all said that it looked like the Applejack's cinnamon mascot. And I yeah, saw it, it and I was that like, that. <laughs> that's it. No, that's totally 100% it. It is a 90s like snack food mascot. There's yeah. no other way around it. Um, so yeah, I, I think the one Pokemon that I really liked its design because of how goofy it was, was Palafin's zero to hero form. I, I just yeah, thought that, that was, was so, so bizarre. <laughs> well, like when, when it evolves, uh, into second stage, it looks almost exactly the same except for like a little heart on its stomach or something, a little mark. And yeah. I feel like. If I didn't know any better, like I would have just not like I would have been like, what the heck? Like, why is it like this? And I wouldn't have known that it has a special form in battle. Well, the messed uh, up thing is, online. Yeah. Well, in the well, 
I didn't even see it online. The messed up thing was is that you see the evolution and it's normal looking. It just has a heart on its tummy. And then for like a brief second, you see the Pokedex cover for it. And it's the big Hulkin dude. And you're like, wait, uh. what? So like, I think they did that intentionally so that you would try to figure out like, wait, what's going on with this thing? Oh, I must have missed that completely. <laughs> it's so it's such a split second because it just twirls around immediately and then it just shows you the yeah. book spine. So you're just kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe that was nothing. Um, so, yeah, I put water all might on my team and then um, I'm trying to think of number six. Oh, um, I went with uh, Flittle's evolution. The oh. psychic bird, even though it's not a bird. Sia. Yeah, Sia, <laughs> that's right. Um it's all right. Like I for a psychic type of its generation I might have been expecting a little bit more, but uh like it gets the job done. It learns fairy type moves, but unless you I can see it being really good terastalized. Mm-hmm. Um like I can see some op- options for terastalizing it and seeing what it can do after that, but before then, it's just kind of like, okay, it's it's psychic only. It learns flying-type moves. It learns fairy-type moves. It learns dark and ghost. But unless you, like, take advantage of it, it's not going to give you that boost that you need. Yeah, that's that's a pretty wide move pull. I didn't realize that it learned that many different moves. Mm-hmm. And they learned the good ones. So it, it's usable, and it has a good special attack. Um, but now I'm just getting way too much in the weeds. So that was mine. Um, and I think I spent a lot of time experimenting before I kind of settled on, on the team that I had. Did you spend a lot of time like figuring things out or. I feel like you're a lot more methodical about it than I am. Like you're thinking, oh my gosh, I need to make sure I balance out. So instead of having a ground type, I'll have a steel type. No, not me. I just really like the like the designs of them. And it just so happened that most of the ones that I picked turned into a you know a pretty balanced team as it was. I think I had a couple of like glaring weaknesses on my team for like most of the while. Like I didn't have a water type for a long time because I got Tattoo Gary so late in the game. Uh, so I definitely have some weaknesses, but I just go for like the ones that are the cutest or the coolest. And there's a lot of really good ones in this generation. I feel like there were a couple times that I had to swap some members out because I really wanted to use them. I wanted to use more than six. Like I really wanted to fit Tinkaton on my team because it's so so cool. Tinkaton is awesome. But uh, I also wanted to use Doxbun, the little fairy bread dog. Like, how do you pick between them? They're so cute. Um, so that was just my train of thought when I was trying to decide my team, like how good their designs are. Yeah, that's understandable. I it's part of it. Sometimes I will just pick what looks cool. Um, and but then there are other times where I'm like, do I want to have a really easy time playing through this or do I want to have like kind of a a smooth ride and it was definitely like i feel like the difficulty kind of spiked for me a little bit because i was just trying to figure things out and then it kind of smoothed once i kind of figured out who i wanted because i was able to level them up 
Yeah, I think the difficulty was a little bit all over the place for this one. It did yeah. seem a little unbalanced. And I think that was just due to the nature of it being open world and not having level scaling. Because I, I mean, most Pokemon games are not that hard. Like in the past, like Sword and Shield, you know, the, uh, the most recent ones, I was breezing through them just because of like the experience share being on and uh the gyms not being you know too too difficult but this was the first time where like i actually encountered stuff that was way too over leveled for me and then later in the game i was you know just blowing through the gyms because i was supposed to go there early in the game and i was way over leveled and then i hit something that was way too high again so even though it was open world I don't know. I hope that's something they improve upon for the next generation. That like I want them to still keep it open world, but maybe they could do something like level scaling to make it not so over, all over the place. Yeah, I think level scaling would be one way. Um, I think about how, and this actually brings me to the next point I wanted to talk about, but uh, part of it is I think about how uh, most open world games from other competing companies tend to do things and it really is just kind of here's the main story. We have one main story and you go through it in order so that you're at the right level when you attempt it. But we're also going to give you all these little side stories and you can do those at any point that you'd like, but you might be over or under leveled when you do them. Mm -hmm. um, so there is no real level scaling in, in other open world games that I know of. But when Pokemon Scarlet and Violet wanted to do this whole thing of like, you can do anything in any order you want. And I feel like that wasn't really true. Mm -hmm. um, because I remember doing the Dawn fan uh, Titan Pokemon as my second Titan. And I think I was still in the high 20s, low 30s. And I just got wrecked. Yeah, that <laughs> so one. I found that one early on, too. I'm like, oh, no, I need to come back here later. And but then I would turn around and I would do like a gym leader or I think I did uh, the dark team star captain third. So I had already gone through Mela. I'd already gone through the poison one. And so now I'm doing the dark captain and the game even tells you if you bother to look it up, which I didn't. But it's like he's not as experienced, so he's kind of easy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, was he supposed to be the first? Like, mm. they don't really make that clear. And I think they did that intentionally so that you could explore. But then oh, they wait, don't where really. Where did it say that? Where did it say that he's There's not something. It's, it's if you go to the, um, if you go on your map and you select all of the points of interest, uh, it will give a very vague hint that the thing you're about to do is either uh, easy, moderate, or difficult. Oh, I never saw that. See, that would have been really good to know. Well, they don't really tell you because they <laughs> want you to do it in any order you want, apparently, which kind of uh, makes me think about how, like, I think other people interpreted this that you could do any story that you chose and you didn't have to pick all of them. And I feel like that the whole open world concept of Scarlet and Violet is kind of a lie. <laughs> How do you feel about bit. that? Yeah, I mean, definitely, because I did do it in the order that I wanted. And that order was doing almost all of the gym leader battles and Titan Pokemon before I touched a single star base. 
And just because that really wasn't all that interesting to me. So by the time I started doing the star bases, I was like in the level 40s and 50s. And that was way over leveled. And so like, I feel like they want you to do like, okay, maybe like one or two of each before you go on to the next one. Like you're kind of keeping it balanced. Like maybe you do a Titan and then a gym and then a star base and then you do another gym, like kind of keeping it even. And I definitely didn't. And that definitely probably was not the intended way to do it. Yeah. And I think too, is that, um, so my fiance was playing and she was like, I don't, like how all of the stories are focused on just battling like all of the stories are focused on battling in some way you can't clear something unless you battle something and that's one of her least favorite aspects of pokemon unfortunately but you know she really liked arceus because it was more about catching than it was battling and yeah it seemed like they didn't want to do that balance of like maybe doing catching tasks versus doing battling tasks. But then if you actually want to beat the game or get a lot of enjoyment out of it, you have to do everything at some point, maybe team star, not so much, but like at least two of the three storylines give you thing. Well, all the storylines give you something that expands your abilities Mm -hmm. with, uh, yeah, Titans, it's the Herba Mysticas that enhance your roaming capabilities with the, um, oh gosh, with the gym leaders, it's, um, why am I suddenly blanking out? What do you get? They give you the, uh, the, your Pokemon obey you at a higher level. So if you catch something that's a higher level, it'll, it'll listen to you. True, true. So there's that. Um, and then, which obviously allows you to catch Pokemon or like, get through that area better. Um, And then obviously with Team Star, it's TMs. You get more TMs. You get like bundles of things that you can use to create them. So I feel like it's not like a total lie that you can't just do whatever you want, but you can't just beat one story and call it a day. You don't get credits until you beat three stories plus the final one. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What you were saying, you know, about your fiance not enjoying the battling aspect. I think it would have been really cool if maybe instead of the team star, just because that was my least favorite path of the three, um, that they had maybe a different one that wasn't so battle focused, where maybe they incorporated the catching mechanics from Arceus Mm -hmm. and made like filling the Pokedex one of the um, one of the paths. Like maybe that's not something that you would be required to do to beat the game, but maybe like you were talking about earlier, how like you have the main missions and then you have the side missions. And like, I know that you can do that anyway, like on your own and you, you know, you get the, I assume like the, the shiny charm for, for doing that. But I feel like making that maybe one of the stories and like fleshing out why you're catching all the Pokemon a little bit more uh prominent i think would would have been more interesting and intrinsically motivating yeah especially since they're especially in previous games they try to focus on this idea that like different people have different concepts of what it means to be good at pokemon um and some people focus on battling other people focus on catching and others focus on raising like that's literally the trifecta of pokemon go (laughs) All three of mm-hmm. the leaders are about one aspect of Pokemon. 
Um, so I, th- I feel like, and we can talk about that later, uh, but I feel like that's something that they should definitely improve upon. Um, yep. That being said, the gameplay loop was, in almost every review, whether it was from an actual like journalist outlet or just from some dude on Twitter, uh, have mostly agreed that the gameplay loop is extremely enjoyable and good. Um, I guess from your perspective, what does that loop look like to you? And then like, what do you think about, about that takedown? Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with it. I feel like they put some kind of drug into the gameplay loop because even though I just had a lot of complaints about those three storylines and like what they could have done better, the game is so addictive and I couldn't put it down while I was playing and I beat it and I'm still picking it up and playing it. And I do like the open world aspect of it as a whole, even though I had problems with the leveling system, uh, just because there's nothing that really makes me more like annoyed when I'm playing a game is being held back by like lengthy cutscenes and a lot of dialogue. Like I'm the kind of person that likes to turn on the game and just like get going as fast as I can. And I did feel a little bit annoyed at first in the game, like all that academy stuff that you had to do before they let you loose into the open world like that part dragged on forever for me uh where you know they're (laughs) they're explaining everything and all the different paths and all that dialogue i'm like oh my god when is this going to be over let me go explore but just kind of going around the world and i think riding the the legendary i had i was playing scarlet so i had corridon the way that that lets you travel a little bit faster kind of go to you know more places with each ability that you unlock uh also the pokemon being out in the overworld i think makes a big difference because it really feels like you're exploring it really feels like you turn the corner and you're discovering stuff it's not just random encounters anymore all of that i feel like is just combined into the winning formula for like i you know, you, you don't know what's going to come next. Like, could there be a shiny over here? Could there be a brand new Pokemon? Is there going to be a town over in this corner? Um, you know, that I, that lack of linearity is making you wonder, like, what's next? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I feel like it's just one of those things where you have. If a game can very easily make you go, let me just do one more thing. Like, let me do one more raid. Let me go over here and, and catch this thing. Let me go find this item. Like, I see something out in the distance and it's big and shiny and I want to check it out. Yes. Get, let me do that real quick and then I'll put it down. And then three hours later, you haven't done it yet. Um, yeah, well we, said. <laughs> we had those. I mean, I feel like my 2022 was bookended by one of the worst possible open world experiences I could have had and one of the better ones. And I feel like Horizon Forbidden West is one of the worst open world experiences I've had in a very long time. And I I feel like while it has some issues that we'll get into, um, the open world aspect of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is good. It is good. It is motivating. It is like addicting. And Horizon Forbidden West's issue for me was that it was so tiring. The world is so big. You have to go and it takes like 50 minutes to get from one end of like where you want to be to the other. There are too much dialogue options. You, yeah. I, I will spend a good 30 minutes just sitting and listening to a dude talk. 
could I oh, skip yeah. through the text because I read faster? Yes, I could. But that's kind of not the point. Like, I right. I want to be able to enjoy that aspect of it. If it's going to have voice acting, you might as I'm I'm going to sit and listen to it, um, which, again, game with too much voice acting game with no voice acting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I just think like the difference is like, is it wasting your time or not? Like it sounds like, and I haven't played Horizon, so I don't know, but it sounds like it wasted your time a little bit when it could have done that more efficiently. Yeah. Um, especially like you were talking about the movement across the map. Like I know for Pokemon Scarlet Violet, you unlocked fast travel immediately when you're let into the world. So like as long as you have visited the Pokemon Center, like you don't have to wait until you have like a fast travel mechanic. You just automatically have it. You don't have to wait for an HM or whatever. You just do it. Well, there's that. And I think also uh, what I'm trying to keep in mind, too, is that there's, you know, Horizon has its fast world travel, but it also punishes you a little bit for not doing it because you constantly need parts. You constantly mm-hmm. need to craft. You are in under constant survival uh, scenarios. So you have to do stuff. And so if you constantly are zipping across the map, then you're not collecting anything. You're not getting parts that you need in order to improve. You're not doing the things that the game wants you to do. Um, And I don't feel that with Scarlet and Violet. Like, yes, I should get parts for TMs, but they're not that restricting, I guess. Like, I don't really like, I'll just say right now, I don't like the TM system in this game. I'll just, I don't. It's one of my. I don't think I crafted a single TM. <laughs> to be I crafted a few, but like at a point, I was just kind of like, "I, this is gonna take so long to just like yeah. beat up." Like I'm just committing animal abuse just so I can get you know the ability to abuse more animals. So like, <laughs> I don't like how else do I uh, put it? Um, it, it? But that's probably one of the biggest negative, barring the glitches and everything. It's probably one of my biggest negatives. Um, but I don't feel like I'm being punished if I want to fast travel, which I did frequently um, because it's it's easy. But I do find myself roaming around the world a lot because that's also easy. So I, I feel like I can get that good balance of fast travel and not fast travel. Um, yeah, that makes sense. So uh, speaking of problems, we, we got to talk about some problems. I <laughs> we got to talk what happened. What happened? With I'm this surprised game? we got this far into the podcast without talking about the glitches and the performance. I, I had feel to like make that's them the wait. First thing that's the first <laughs> thing that everybody talks about with this game. So it's kind of a breath of fresh air that we waited this long. <laughs> it, well, look, you know, I gotta, I gotta make the viewers work for it. <laughs> uh, you know what? Well, I'll just put a break in between, force an ad break right there, and then they'll have to wait. Um, oh. Yeah, that'll get views. Uh, that's got to be a record. 40 minutes and we haven't <laughs> talked about the glitches. Um, yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. Like, there's no excuse. I mean, did what was your experience like? Because it really was just this thing of. um, Either you had a ton of glitches or you saw a thing here and there really have like all of the funny types of glitches that you are seeing on Twitter like the well that's not true (laughs) when we were in multiplayer like my character's face was glitched and the arms were wild and all of that stuff but when I was playing through the game I didn't really have anything that was like too 
wild except for my game crash a few times so like if i was playing for too long the game would just the game card would crash like the software would crash and i would have to like restart the game uh and then i just think it was ugly the frame rate was just bad the pop-in was bad the textures were ugly and it's just like not (sighs) i can't defend it because it's not (laughs) Like, it's their first game. It's not their first game on the Switch. It's, you know, not... (laughs) It's just... It's not even, like, their first... If you really want to put it that way, it's not, like, even their first, like, open-ish game. Like, they've done large maps before. (laughs) It's not their first game with Pokemon out in the overworld. Like, I don't know. And I think the problem is really just being that the development time was way too short. This game should not have come out this year. Yeah, except it had to because the anime and the I merchandise. Know, I know. <laughs> I know why. It's too big to fail. I know why, but it shouldn't have. Shouldn't have. I mean, the fact that we got Legends Arceus at the beginning of the year, which is another one of those things that we kind of like, not forget, but then we're like, oh, that came out in January. Mm-hmm. And then its successor, to a degree, came out in November like yeah it was just a lot to ha- and I assume that by the time the game was gold it was probably or for Legends Arceus it might have been like end of 2021 so it's like not even enough time for that crew to come in from Arceus to help finish uh Scarlet and Violet if that's a thing that they do so it's it's just a lot to have to expect a company like Game Freak, unfortunately, which um, it's funny that this is a company that a lot of people are kind of like, oh, you know, they're, you know, Gen 1 is notoriously bad from a gameplay perspective. It functions. It's so broken. It functions <laughs> as long as you do what you're told. <laughs> yeah. But half of the moves don't work. Uh, half of the typings, like they just didn't think about a lot of things. Ghost is supposed to be super effective on on psychic, but guess what? They're all poison, so psychic will just kill them. Uh, it's just a lot of things where it's like clearly this is a game development studio that um, is constantly like out of their depth. Like Satoru Iwata, you know, the big story of Satoru Iwata coming in to save them from gold and silver because they did not know how they were gonna fit an entire game like that game was in development hell until they got a water to come in and not only fix it, but allow them the extra space to like put in Canto. So what a God, and they didn't have them anymore. <laughs> so like, it's, it's interesting to just kind of see uh game freak left to their own devices. And they're still very, um, you know, it shows like it shows that they that they still struggle on a lot of things that a lot of gaming companies have been doing for years now. Yeah. Like we've yeah. had open world games since most of the PS3 generation. It's it's been a I while. I think the, the problem is is that there's a really great game under a lot of ugly crust and like you have to like kind of dig under that crust to get to the good stuff and it's like a little bit of a shame that they're like, okay with putting something in that state out, you know, they're, they're okay with publishing that. Like that's, 
that Nintendo was even okay with that. But you know what? It doesn't even matter because did you see how much the game sold in the first three days? Well, and I was also going to say, I mean, the real follow up question here was like, given everything and my experience was nowhere near as bad as everyone else. I had one game crash um, and I think I, I never fell through anything. You know, my experiences with the multiplayer were the same as yours for that one stream. And uh, that was mostly it. Um, but did it really negatively impact your experience as on the whole? No, I still had a lot of fun with it. And I, I think it could have been a lot better. I think, you know, that it. If the frame rate was, it doesn't even have to be 60. It could just be like a smooth 30. If the poppin wasn't atrocious, if, you know, the game wasn't crashing every once in a while. Um, if the textures looked like they were more modern than GameCube <laughs> era. <laughs> I mean, no, I still oh. had a lot of fun and it didn't affect my enjoyment of it. It just kind of makes me a little bit like wistful of like, well, what what could this be? Like, how much better could this be? Like, I look at the graphics and and I'm not even a graphics snob, Andrew. Like, I look at the <laughs> graphics in Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and just how gorgeous that game is. And it's like. It's not really being a graphics snob it's this concept that you know that the switch can do better right yeah it's not a switch problem it really isn't sorry hold on i have to i have to bring this image up because you're here and this is your fault hold on oh no i'm worried here we go <laughs> That is my fault. <laughs> I mean, it, but it is what it is, though. Like, I distinctly recall seeing some of those textures. Well, there it is. I'll just get that. Well, that. somebody sent me that screenshot of that area in the game. And they're like, this looks like it could be out of Super Mario 64. And I'm like, <laughs> I wonder what would happen if I replace the character model in Pokemon with Mario from 64. And like put the <laughs> the game's overlay on it and just like see what it would look like. And yeah, it was it, it looks like it works. It looks like it's supposed to be there. Yeah, it really was just like. And the, and the problem is, is that, you know, we always make fun of them with the trees and everything. And that was kind of annoying during the sword and shield era. Um, I still personally think that Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee was probably the prettiest game they've ever made. Like, it really is, yeah. At least the none. main series, yeah. Because I feel like it was stylized. It had very, like a very soft color palette. The character models looked good. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I don't know if that's like an unpopular opinion or not, but I agree with it. I just realized that my my house is just hovering over you like a fly on the wall. All right. Um. Look, I, we know Game Freak can do it. That's that's also what kind of becomes an issue is that we know that they are capable of making things look pretty decent. We also know that they're capable of making things look terrible. So, I mean, yeah. the lighting situation in Legends Arceus was was bad, and at least they kind of fixed that by never allowing you to go inside. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Ever. Um <laughs> a little too much. Uh, yeah, I missed that, too, because I felt like I got to a new town and there was nothing to do there. The stores that existed, you couldn't go in. It was just a shop menu and 
it was pretty much all the same shops in every single town. And I don't know, it felt like... And it's a shame because the towns were so beautiful on the exterior. Like, they looked really cool. That one town that had all of, like, the Gen 1 pixel, uh, uh, like... Uh, architecture. Yeah. Do you know what I'm oh, talking yeah, about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, I can't remember the name, but it's where oh, the uh, psychic gym is, right? Yeah, but it was like so cool. And it's like, okay, like I wish I could have gone in that building and, um, you know, seen what that was, but it was nothing. It was just nothing. It was just a cool exterior. Yeah. I think it was interesting how it's, it's so exterior focused because it doesn't want to load stuff. Like, clearly yeah. it wants to load the map one time and then it hopes that it never has to do it again. Which, like, I do appreciate no loading screens either. Like, that yeah. was kind of nice just for it to be snappy and, like, you know, I could just go across the whole world and, like, kind of complete the whole game without a single loading screen. Oh, but, that's right. Um, yeah, like in chat saying it was all for nada. And I, I like that name because it just sounds like you're saying all for nothing. Nada. Oh, my God. I didn't even realize that um so yeah it that was the town but yeah it there's some stuff there's clearly really really good ideas there um yeah. and i feel like if they had just kept all of the stores to be like kiosks it wouldn't have been as weird to walk into a bakery only to be shoved out of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's true um, that's true there, there's just simple ideas that they could have done where it was just like yeah i don't know why they even gave you the option i assume maybe that one point they were like oh we'll have buildings for them to walk into and then they just lost ran out of time like i think uh sniper said earlier in the chat it was like six more months in the oven yeah i don't think six more months i feel like it'll probably be more akin to like maybe eight months to a year a um, year yeah and nintendo has addressed some of these issues uh clearly with like Pokemon falling asleep and stuff like that. They, they clearly fix some of that, um, but not all problems. Uh, we still have issues with frame dip. There's what people are considering a memory leak that could be causing issues. I made sure to actually close my game out every now and then so that I wouldn't have those issues a lot. And Maybe you, that's why I had all the crashing because I didn't do that. I put it into, <laughs> like I'm I'm the kind of person that if I'm playing a game and I know I'm going to be playing it later, I'll put it into sleep mode and then like uh -huh. two days will go by. <laughs> yeah, no, that's me, 100. percent But like yeah. I I am so bad at that where I I had to tell myself, okay, I need to close the game so that I maybe don't find any problems later on. And I think I noticed yeah. that especially in the last section of the game. Uh, yeah. When yeah, you, yeah. When you go to Area Zero, it is like it was Frame Drop City. I closed the game, turned it back on, and it was a lot smoother. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, can we talk about the whole end game part of it? Because I feel like they took all of their budget and development time and great ideas and put it in like the last two hours of the game. I think I want to I think I want to see what you mean about that. Um, so if you want to talk about that real quick, because I am I jumping the gun because I I don't know if if, if we're going to wait for that for later or um, want to do that now. No, we can talk about it. Um, well, I don't know about you, but I felt like this was the best story in a Pokemon game, especially like leading up in this ending. It got surprisingly dark. 
Uh, yeah. I definitely wasn't like I didn't know what to expect with Area Zero or the crater. Like when I'm thinking like crater, I'm thinking like I don't know why I was thinking this, but it, that it would just be kind of like a desolate area with like uh, maybe like very rocky terrain and like not a whole lot of vegetation and life. Single so paths. I was like. Yeah, I was like really taken back when it did have, you know, a lot of, you know, trees and a lot of Pokemon wandering around. And it was just this big spiral down. And then as you get further and further down, you start seeing these gems and these sparklies and these weird like, um, you know, you're kind of wondering, well, what is down here? All these research labs, like where are we going pretty much? Um, but then when you walk into that final lab at the bottom and you see the professor and all of that story starts hitting you, I was like, oh my gosh, like they, they kind of went, I think in a darker aspect than they really ever have in the franchise because they had a character die. Has a human ever died in a Pokemon game before? They've never not. I don't think they've even done a Disney death. Um, it's one of the things that I've noticed about the ending in particular was the fact that like, and again, uh, this is a spoiler cast. It is in the title. So hopefully we didn't. You were warned in the beginning. I, I did. Uh, if you if you joined after the first five minutes, well, you know, I'll put a spoiler thing i mean it's in the title of the stream it's in the title title. it's in the title uh anyway so my my thing for this is that like when um before you even go down to area zero i knew something was up because Mm -hmm. i was like it is interesting that you only see the professor on the tv and then you only hear from her on your phone you never actually see it and it's kind of like is this going to be one of those things where I never actually see the character model? <laughs> Am I only going to see the professor on a television and that's it? Yeah. Uh, God, Game Freak. And then uh-huh. I think once they're like, oh, we, we have to go down to Area Zero, my thoughts are um, it's a time machine, isn't it? And I, yeah, sure enough, it was a time machine. <laughs> yeah. He fell. <laughs> oh, he f- Yeah. Are you sure you didn't do that on purpose? <laughs> oh, so cute. So good. He wants attention. So cute. Such a cute cat. Oh, get more of that. <laughs> there we go. Anyway. No, you're, you're, you're giving him the attention that he wants. <laughs> there we go. Full screen frisk. Um, but yeah. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. So I think with that, it was just kind of like, yeah, clearly something's going on. Uh, okay. He's bored now. Um, Clay, something's going on. And my original thought was that, okay, did the professor, is this going to be one of those things where there is no body? Uh, it's just like a computer voice and the professor got lost in the time machine. Mm-hmm. And because they, theory. they do mention at one point that like the time, I think there's like a note journal you can read in one of the, in one of the, uh, houses, like one of the bases in area zero. And you can <laughs> you can go there and read one of the diaries and they basically say, like, the time machine that we built is good enough for one person, but we can't bring them back. So we just oh. throw Pokeballs in it. And I was like, OK, I didn't read any of that. You must have, like, really explored a lot more than I did because I didn't see that. Yeah. So, like, there's a moment where you realize 
ah, you're in the time machine, aren't you? Like you're, you're lost in time and I'm talking to a computer. And I think even at that point, there's a glitch and the professor's like, oh, no, there must have been like a communication. Like, something's on the fritz. So uh, but it, it, at that point, it was very clear. But when you see the, the robot, you're like, oh, oh, no. Well, what really caught my attention first was when the text box started changing and like it was kind of going wonky a little bit with repeating words and like some of the letters being upside down. I'm like, well, that's really weird. (laughs) And then it just did like more and more and more of that. And then like when you go in and finally see the professor and like realize like, oh, my God, it's actually like not the professor. It's artificial intelligence. Um, I thought that part was cool just because I really like the weird, creepy types of things like that in the game where it's like maybe even a little bit fourth wall breaking with the dialogue box. Like, obviously, the character that we're playing as can't see the dialogue box or like the, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it like glitching a little bit or the letters upside down. But it's just like going to show that it's like getting robotic. It's like malfunctioning a little bit. Uh, So I like the way that they portrayed that. And then the room that you go in when you fight with them, uh, the professor just like was the best looking room in the game with how glimmering it is. Oh, with all the, the actual time machine. Stuff. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that part was really cool. Like, I feel like they put all their budget into the graphics department for that one part. <laughs> Dude, that, that um, whole final battle is... Well, I want to know what your thoughts were when she or he... Did you play Scarlet or Violet? I, I played Scarlet, so she. Scarlet, okay. So she, um, the correct answer, the correct professor, um, <laughs> disabled all of your Pokeballs. Like it said, only the professor's Pokeballs could work in here. Yes. Uh, and you go to throw your Pokeball and nothing happens. Like that was just so cool. And then it makes you go into the inventory to yes. like try to select a new Pokemon. Like what was your thoughts on that? I So that is such an old JRPG trope, but I love it. Uh, where you have to like go into the menu to do something and that actually starts the final battle. Um, I mean, I feel like the game tried to make it as uh, obvious as possible without like just giving it away. Um, And I almost instinctively knew what to do at that point because I was just kind of Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm going to have to like use Coridon because... um, you know, somewhere in somewhere in the game, they specifically say that it was Professor Sada's or Professor Turo's yeah. ball that was used to capture the the Coridon. And I feel like it was also one of the better explanations I've seen in terms of like why this Pokemon looks related to another Pokemon. And the fact that like mm-hmm. Coridon is the prehistoric version of Cyclozar and that uh, Miraidon is like the future version and then that's how you also explain all these other Pokemon. So like depending on what version you play. So that creates version exclusivity. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's really cool. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of that final battle was really cool. Um, I there was like a kind of like a somberness to that battle because the professor AI knows that this was the wrong choice, but it's like the ghost of the human professor is trying to come through with the computer saying yeah. like this is what i wanted this was my dream 
not even the ghost, but like what was literally left of her memories or consciousness inside of that AI. Like there was only that little bit left that was like kind of fighting. Like, this is what I want. Yeah. And it's just it creates this very like sad thing that also like I keep saying like a lot, um, but it also it made me go back and think about all the previous things, because I feel like in terms of motivation, this is the one thing that I think Scarlet and Violet doesn't do very well is the initial motivation. Um, I kind of I don't really like Nimona. I don't really like Arvin. Penny really? exists. Well, so when you first meet Arvin, he's just like stupid Pokemon. And I hated him at first, but yeah, he ended exactly. up being one of my favorite characters by the end. And that's one of the, the things is that it makes you think about like, oh, well, OK, I get that he's like, you know, he's upset because his Pokemon is gravely injured. And then you realize that the Mabostiff was injured by the enemy Coridon and he views Coridon or Miraidon, depending on the version you play, as this like thing that kept his family away. And so it mm-hmm. adds so much context. And you're just kind of like, OK, I like I, I do like you. Nimona kind of stays the same. She's just Goku the entire time. Like there's no difference there. <laughs> she and had zero character development, no. <laughs> but I still ended up really liking her. <laughs> like there's, there are parts that make me laugh, uh, especially when it comes to like, oh, it's it's cute that like. Even uh, I think Gita at some point was just kind of like, I think she's more happy for herself than she is for you. Yeah. <laughs> because now she has somebody that she can fight and maybe lose against. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like her character motivating you, it's not really that good of a motivation. You just kind of do the gym stuff because you've always done the gym stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, that could have been better. Yeah. And Penny was just Penny. Um, I also feel like. The issue with uh, a lot of the motivation in the game is just kind of like um, you are going through the motions, but then when you get to the end, they even make a point to, to tell you like, oh, well, your journey, you didn't actually go on your own journey. You went for a journey for your friends. Like you, that mm-hmm. was your experience was that you were doing all these things for your friends. And I was like, I mean, that's cool and all, but I kind of hated them at first. So. Yeah, I feel like there was no path that was ours. It was like, OK, like what what is the treasure that you're going to find? And you have like on one shoulder, you have Nimona telling you, oh, you ha- you're going to be champion. Do it this way. This yeah. is the best way. On the other shoulder, you have Arvin, who is like, no, 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 the treasure. You have to help me find these Herba Mysticas. Like, that's going to be your treasure because that's my dream. Yeah. And then you have on, I guess if you had a third shoulder, it would be the, you know, the professor and Penny Cassiopeia saying, you know, oh, no, like your treasure has to be defeating Team Star. And like you're kind of playing out everybody else's dreams, but like you never really realize your own. Well, I guess it makes sense since you are kind of a blank slate. Like, what are your dreams really? Well, my dreams are Doing everything for everybody else, I guess. So. Yeah, doing everybody else's <laughs> In the chores. service of others. That's my dream. Um, the Team Star stuff went deeper than I realized when Bling got involved. I, I think that they, they did some interesting stuff there. I feel like I was expecting way worse from what I had heard. And yet, I still feel like that Team Star thing was very awkward. Um, yeah. It's basically like, okay, here's a group of thugs. But then you find out that they're actually all people who were bullied. 
And then you realize that not only did they stand up to their bullies, but it backfired. And it was kind of like, well, as soon as we stood up for ourselves, they screamed and ran away. And I was like, like, what is the message you're trying to tell me here? Yeah. Um, so it was kind of, I feel like the Team Star like ending was a bit awkward. Um, I agree. I feel like it was just getting good. And then the ending was like, oh, OK, I guess. Yes, that's what happened. I also find it really weird that the dean or, you know, whoever, what was his name? The uh, one Clive, who was being. Clavel. Oh, the Clive, original Clavel. one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, both. Yeah, that that guy. He was dressing up as a student to, like, spy on them and, like, kind of stalk them and see what they were doing. And I just like that part just kind of skeeved me out a little bit. Like, why are you doing this? Like, why is it? Why is it that important to you? I mean, it was like, very they're skipping. They're skipping class on like your esteemed university, like just like expel them. <laughs> well, and the fact that he like tells people that, you know, you could get expelled and it's like, by who? Clive? Yeah, um, exactly. And just the fact that I mean, there are parts of it that I did enjoy that was played for yucks. Um, just the fact that every time he shows up, you can be like, hey, Clavel, like, sup, director? And he's like, I what? Did that too. what? No, I'm totally like one of you kids. Like, you're not fooling anybody. No. But then when Penny's just like, you were the director. And you're just like, are you that dense? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fair. She probably didn't have her camera on or anything. So, yeah. Um, yeah, there were parts where I was just kind of like, I think the Team Star story had some good funny bits, but it kind of falls flat towards the yeah. end. Um, and cool characters that I feel like we didn't end up really doing anything else with. Like I thought all of the team star leaders were really cool and they yeah. had really cool stories that you got like a glimpse of. Yeah. I but agree. It, like none of that really mattered afterwards. Yeah. And I think, I think my other gripe was that the game when it comes to the gym leaders uh, kind of does it them a disservice because they're all interesting and unique. And some of them you get to spend some time with, but you'll never think about the bug gym leader ever again. I couldn't even tell you who it is right now. If you no. give me a million bucks. She, she's a baker. That's because you, well, yeah. you eat a cupcake and it's like, OK, great. But like even Brassius, <laughs> you you'll see at the school if you bother to go back to school and do the classes and take your midterms. I didn't because why would I want to play a game where I'm back in school? I'm out of there. I want <laughs> nothing more to do with it. I yeah, I. I did it because I was like, what does this do? Like, what does this get me? Um, and it gets you experience candy. You know, OK, but it also gives you the the skits uh, that you can do with the professors, um, which allows you to flesh out their characters a bit more. And again, it's kind of like I wish that they had given this kind of attention to the gym leaders as well, because that's yeah. something that all Pokemon games have failed to do, in my opinion. Is that yeah. they have such cool gym leaders and they are so varied and interesting and caricature like esque. Um, and then you don't really get to spend any time with them because they're just yeah. bosses that you fight. They have very inspired designs. I agree. Um, no, I didn't go back to the school to do anything because I spend eight hours a day every day in a school and I <laughs> don't want to spend any time in a video game in a school. Yeah, I mean, I. If a part of me was just kind of like, I'll just do it for completion. And I wanted to see what it did. It does teach you some things that you otherwise wouldn't know, uh, like especially when it comes to sandwich making and um, certain aspects of raids. Like if nobody told me 
and I hadn't gone to school, I wouldn't have known about that, like, in some aspects, how to do the terrestrializing in order to, to deal with three star and above raids. Right. Um, there are just some things that, like, if you miss, if you don't go to that school, you don't have to ever do it again. Like, it's not annoyingly part of 100% completion. But it was interesting to do that first time just to see what it was supposed to do. Um, I think the only waste of time really was the foreign language teacher because he doesn't actually teach you anything about Pokemon. He actually, like, talks about language. Wow, really? I yeah. might go back and do some of that stuff if I'm still able to. Um, as far just, as I know. You know just yeah. to see what it's like. Um, so let's move on. Uh, so I think despite a lot of the issues and despite Nintendo, like, addressing these issues we just we did already say that the game sold millions upon millions and is probably i think it has dethroned animal crossing as the best-selling pokemon or switch game of all time or at least over the yeah, first the three days week or something so what do you think that why do you think that is like why knowing what we knew before the game launched uh why do you think it sold so well um, that's a good question because it's not like it was even the first game on the Switch. I think definitely the fact that like the Switch um has sold so many units at this point, like it is one of the best selling consoles of all time. It's like Nintendo's, I think, like second or third best selling console. So like we're at the point where everyone has a Switch. Like obviously all of like the regular Pokemon fans have a Switch by now, and then like you have other people who might not normally be playing Pokemon have a Switch. And I think Arceus sold a lot of people. And I think the open world aspect sold a lot of people. Like, it's finally something a little bit new. It's something a little bit different. I know a lot of people who haven't played Pokemon since, like, Gen 3, Gen 4. And, like, they decided to get this game uh, because it looked a little bit different and it's, you know, kind of challenged what people thought of Pokemon after hearing so many things about sword and shield. And I just think they did a good job with marketing that and the hot professors, everybody wanted to buy the buy it because of those. Um, no, I think that um, it was just kind of the perfect storm of like combination of things. Yeah, I think, and that's, uh... Uh, were you I think you were on that episode when we did the Animal Crossing one like a couple of years ago? Is that I think so? Yeah. And I think we had the same conversation of like this was one of the best selling games on Switch. And I think we owed a lot of that to the pandemic. We owed a lot of that to people buying switches during that time. Um, and then, you know, you could say to some degree, Pocket Camp got new people adopted into the Animal Crossing ecosystem but like Pokemon's been around for 20 some odd 25 years, 26 years and was a hit from the get go, uh, you know, had its ups and downs over the years. But it is still very interesting to see all of these Nintendo Switch games first party or otherwise like just continue to balloon in terms of sales and how fast a lot of their games do sell. Uh, yeah. So, like, there is a part of me that is just baffled, uh, but not surprised. I, I assumed that it was going to sell anyway, uh, because they did spend a lot of time marketing the game. You had the 25th anniversary last year. You had the, um, 
the uh, the sound, not the soundtrack, but like the album, the 25th album with all these different, you know, popular artists of the time making music for the franchise. I feel like that puts a lot of attention onto the franchise for in a big way. And, you know, with the only voice acting being Ed Sheeran singing during the credits, uh, you you do get probably a lot of people paying attention and they already own switches now. So I might as well just go ahead and buy this game. Um, yeah, I think those are definitely contributing factors uh, as well. Um, I didn't even consider the, the music tie-ins. I feel like I completely disregarded. Like <laughs> I think it was the Ed Sheeran one this time. Didn't they had the Katy Perry one? I think you said they had the Katy uh, they Perry did a couple one, the Katy Perry ones. Um, and I wonder how many like casuals that brought in, like people who wouldn't normally be playing Pokemon <laughs> um, who are like, wow, like this game might look really cool. Like, you know, I already have a switch because everyone has a switch right now. Yeah. And, you know, maybe they, they want to try it out. So, uh, so on top of that, uh, what we've talked about things we didn't like already. Uh, but what did we ultimately like about the game? Besides, like, the addictive gameplay loop, just the, the, um, the good Pokemon designs. I feel like... I am a sucker for like the gotta catch them all, like collecting, filling out my Pokedex. And I feel like they really hit the nail on the head with the designs this time with things that they've never done before. Like what is a better concept for a Pokemon than two mice that evolves into four mice? (laughs) Like It definitely has um... (laughs) the most interesting, not only the most interesting like Pokemon sets, Love that cat. I love him so he much. He's so annoying. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I I can't. Don't apologize. Look, I'm just. Hold on. Hold on. We're gonna. We're gonna. Yeah. You can see him on the left we're, hand side. There we go. Yeah. Let's. He's trying to record a podcast and he's breaking my curtains. I. One of the things that I think I really appreciate about this game is that it tells. It does open world better than Breath of the Wild, in my opinion. Um. It is able to give you that narrative storyline. And one of the other things I'm, I'm just shocked at how many issues there are with the game technically, but how many things that they actually really improve on overall, mm-hmm. like the storytelling is way better than they've ever done before. Um, yeah. The open worldedness that goes with that storyline. It's not linear to the point of handholding, but it's also. <laughs> that's true. A Pokemon evolves because it died. Um, uh, I mean, that you know, it's got some of the better evolutions in the series, in my opinion. Uh, it does. It really does. So it's it's got that going for it. And but like it does things in a way better way um, than it has any right to from this company, uh, considering that I would say Sword and Shield is extremely linear and it told one of the worst stories I've ever seen in a Pokemon game. So, yeah, um, and I feel like they really took a lot of people's criticisms from Sword and Shield to heart. Like a lot of people complained about the what the wild area was like, and they fixed that to make a better open world. People complained about the models. Remember, everybody was saying, oh, they reused the models. Like, why couldn't they have added all of the Pokemon in the decks if 
you know, they're just going to be reusing the same models from Sun and Moon anyway. Well, the models are really good in this game. Each of the Pokemon have, you know, unique, uh, like, animations to them. When they swim in the water, there's unique animations. Like, some of them have a lot more detailed textures. Like, if you look at Ursa Ring, like, it actually has fur instead of just being, like, a blob. Uh, so, you know, I think they really took that to heart and uh, fixed a lot of those things. Well, and I really appreciate that it wasn't a fluke either. Like we saw it with, I think, Magnemite in one of the early trailers. And it's like, wait, is that metal Pokemon? Does he look like metal to you? Like, yeah, it looks shiny. Weird? It actually looks shiny for once. And then you see like up close textures of other Pokemon in additional trailers. And you can kind of see like, oh, wait, hold on. They actually um, have fur ish. Like they're mm-hmm. they're furry. Like they're not super furry. Like it's not like Frisk furry as he walks across the screen again. But it's like there's more attention to detail. Like, yes. Which then, again, kind of makes me feel weird because the mountainscapes look like crap. Yeah, the, and I will <laughs> say the character models had very good textures. Like, if you looked at the character, like, the people character models, like, they their clothes were very, very detailed. Yeah. But you're right, the environments were, like... Well, they're no clothes! The complete opposite, yeah. You only wear your yeah. school uniform and that's it! Oh my god, that was another thing. I could go on about the lack of customization. <laughs> that was such a disappointment. I like how we were no, supposed we're to talk, talk about things about we like. <laughs> no, we're just going back to the things. Like, we're going to no, have to pay no, for but... clothes. I guarantee it. It's going to be paid well, DLC. Probably. Probably. Um, so that being said, again, and this is a great segue, but like, what do you want to see from DLC uh, going forward? Like, I, I would like to see at least a free... Mm-hmm. I would like to see. He's at been least turning off my computer. <laughs> he jumps on top of my PC and turns off the computer. And it's like, time to go. Like, do it. No, it's okay. It's um, okay. Um, no, I do want to see like a lot of those things that I was missing. I would love if they did what they did with Sword and Shield, and they just add more Pokemon back. Like we had like what four hundred something in this game. Give us a lot more of the Pokemon back. I need my Nine Tails back in the game. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, I want them to clothing give me my customization back maybe we graduate maybe we're not students anymore and we're actually able to like wear our own clothes and then (laughs) maybe maybe they introduce a fourth path like maybe they're like okay like now we're you know we're gonna do like another treasure hunt it's like the next year or something and you know there's some other kind of quest that we get to go on um, I know a lot of people are very hopeful about the northeastern part of the map being oh, a little bit like, right. I'm like, what's beyond the mountains? Oh, my God. France is supposed to be there. Is it Kalos? Yeah, I would not hold my breath no. for, you know, anything like that. They I feel like we, we do this every time where we think, oh, my God, this is going to be the gen where we get, you know, the second region. I even remember them saying that for Sword and Shield, like that it's England. What is right across the English Channel? Oh, my God, it's Kalos. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but I do think that maybe they'll introduce like a new area for us to explore. That's like part of a new mini quest yeah i think it if i want to curb my expectations then i would probably assume that what we would get is more so akin to um like an extra like an isle of armor or a crown tundra um but man would it be interesting if instead of uh a gen 5 remake you just get go just go to unova 
for like a minute and a half. <laughs> we're, we're just going to put America next to Spain now. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Just <laughs> don't think about it too much. And you wanted to lower your expectations. And I, <laughs> look, I wanted to, but I didn't mean I was successful. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, in terms of DLC, I think that's what my expectations are. Um, but I also think that it would probably also be just prudent for them to consider what would a Gen 5 remake be if that is indeed the path that they're going to go to eventually. Um, mm-hmm. If they decide to revisit a place like Unova, I'd almost rather do a sequel versus um, playing Black and White again. Um, they did do a sequel. It's called Black and White 2. Black and White 3. They could. Or, or just give me DLC for the current game and then just never mind. <laughs> and then you can keep improving on this engine that you have. No, but I hear you because I feel like a lot of people were like. We're pretty disappointed with Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. Oh, it was Pearl. very, very bad. It was very, very bad. I bought it because so I could get the Because usually, and by usually I mean always, the remake is usually in the same graphical style and like gameplay style as the generation that it's paired with. Yeah. So like Fire Red and Leaf Green kind of looked like and resembled Gen 3. Yep. Um, Heart Gold Soul Silver kind of resembled Gen 4, you know, Berlin, yep. uh, Di- Diamond and Pearl, um, you know, and so on and so forth. And I feel like we didn't, it, not only did it not look like it, but it didn't share the gameplay gimmicks as Sword and Shield. Like it didn't have Dynamaxing. It didn't have, you know, any of the things that Sword and Shield had. And I feel like that is a step back. Like it didn't have any of the, you know, the new Pokemon. Like I remember Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire let you eventually have Pokemon up to Gen 6. And Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl doesn't do that. Like it's just kind of a letdown overall. So I think you're right that they really need to think about what those Gen 5 remakes are going to look like in a few years from now. And really think about, well, how can we incorporate what we did right in uh scarlet and violet and put those mechanics into it and make it look like it and like just make it good (laughs) because those games really deserve a good remake like those are so beloved and i feel like if they mess those up they're really gonna lose people's faith in remakes yeah i mean or they can just give it back to ilka and we'll see what happens no we're not gonna do that i mean uh, ilka even helped them with uh scarlet and violet so we see how that turned out yeah, I don't know. I just think that, like, instead of doing stuff like that, I wouldn't mind if they did another Legends game or yeah, maybe they, like, explore. Absolutely. I really want them to explore Gen 2 with Legends, like, really yeah. deep, go deep into, like, the history of Johto. Do a Legends Celebi. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they could even do that for Gen 5. I know that, that that generation is really rich with lore. So I hope they do that. I mean, honestly, they could just do a Legends game of Unova that takes place in between one and two, like the two year gap. Um, they could. They could. And, and honestly, I would much rather see that instead of doing remakes, because I feel like the main point of the remakes wasn't really to like. Play the same game again, necessarily. It was to experience the same area or catch Pokemon that you couldn't get in another game so that you could have a full set. Um, And I feel like a Legends game fits that quite nicely and allows them to continue expanding on 
their engine rather than constantly looking back and creating a whole new asset just for a, a remake. Um, I That's feel true. like a Legends would be great. Or, um, yeah, and I sniper in chat saying, let's go Johto. Uh, I mean, let's go is great. Um, I hate the catching mechanic in let's go. Yeah. It's very, very I think bad. if they if they refined that and maybe made that one of the options, um, but did everything else the same. Because we were talking about how it's such a nice art style. Like yeah. I don't know. I think I, I think mean, they're BDSP still trying to find that. that perfect. BDSP could have looked like let's go. And yeah, instead it, really it looks like have. this awful mishmash of both the original game and let's go, I guess. Yeah. Um that played worse. So it's a shame. This is what we got. Um but yeah. I hope they go, you know, I hope they, they do think about that because I don't know. I don't want them to make the same mistakes. Exactly. And honestly, it's almost why I would rather they just do DLC rather than doing a remake too, because it's like same game. You're not like necessarily getting a whole development thing going on. Um, I mean, I don't know uh, as much about timelines for game development, but doing things in bits and pieces rather than and lowering that scope rather than trying to build up from scratch might wind up working better for them. I would hope in the long run. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they're already thinking about it now. Like they might already just be wrapping up the, whatever the DLC is going to be for Scarlet and Violet. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're already starting to develop a black and white remake. Yeah. Considering how they've been doing this cycle, I would not be surprised if we see an announcement of something in February. Um, since that's mm -hmm. tends to be when they announce their next thing. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, we'll see. I, I would hope it's just DLC, and I hope that they address a lot of the issues that Gen 9 has uh, before we move forward with something else. Um, yeah, I think that's how they did it for Sword and Shield. I think around like the Pokemon Day time yeah. frame, they announced that, that there would be DLC, and I think the first wave came out in June. It did. So I'm expecting a similar timeline. Yeah. I don't think there will be a new Pokemon game next year. I think it'll just be the DLC. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping that we'll get, if we're lucky, we'll get three DLC. I mean, it could. We could just expand on each character again. Um, Penny and Arvin and Nimona. Maybe Nimona actually gets some character development. Uh, who knows? What would you like to see from a Gen 10? We'll close this out with the future. Ooh. Gen 10. Wow. Yeah. Just the name of that is like, I never would have thought that, I mean... Child me would be so happy to know that Pokemon <laughs> is still going 10 generations later. Um, man, I think that like they're at the point where they have really hit the the. They've hit a lot of really good things in this this generation with nine with the open world, and I don't want to see them go backwards with it. I think I would be a little bit disappointed if they did go back to a linear style but i don't want them to just recreate it i think that it would be a good idea if they refined it with a lot of the things that we were talking about today uh you know clearly the open world isn't perfect but it has a lot of potential and you know they've really mastered this gameplay loop um so I, I hope they keep the open world, but do something a little bit more ambitious with it. Yeah, I, I don't know what that is, but <laughs> I, mean, I think I agree with that. I, I don't see them 
I don't see myself wanting them to go back. I think even, and that's the thing too, it's like with the remakes, you would potentially see them going back to the older linear style um, unless they try to massively expand or change Unova. But I am just, I think again, I'm looking for maybe a Gen 10 could just be a tread back to like, it would be a black and white three or going back to a previous region. Um, I'm not exactly sure what region I would even want to see them try to tackle next in terms of like mm -hmm. real life comparisons. But I also Ooh, I want Australia, Australia. Well, yeah, that would work. Uh, except or they need South, to somewhere in South America, South America. Uh, they they'd have to fix their ground textures. And their rocky yeah, side, you know, they got to <laughs> fix would. that Mario 64 filter. Um, yeah, I, I, they, I would like to see more open world. I think that's really working for them in terms of being able to tell that story. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think I really do enjoy the online experience, so I definitely want to see more of that. Um, yeah. I just, I, I really don't know. I think I would like to see them focus on if they want to continue that linear storyline so that there's no level scaling, I think that's fine. Um, mm -hmm. But I would like to see them maybe try to perfect that angle and not really tell you that like, oh, you can do anything in any order you want. And then you really can't. Um, so if they wanted to do a uh, storylines, you know, three different storylines like they just did and they were just linear, but the world itself was open and had the same like euphoric uh, attitude of like, let me go see what's over there and let me go do one more raid or let me go catch this one Pokemon. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think all of that is done really, really well. Uh, so I, I think I would like to just kind of see them tweak the that story or that linear slash non-linear experience. Um, to, to I completely agree. And especially, I, I would really like to see them maybe go back to the Arceus catching mechanics give me the yeah, ability I mean, to just catch like it an if I option want. yeah just make it an option you know they can i think they can incorporate both because i feel like rcs was a little bit too much catching like battling took a backseat in that game yeah. and vice versa in scarlet and violet so i feel like if they found a way to really mesh those together and let you do both uh that would be perfect i mean honestly if they just got rid of let's go as its feature and then just changed it to a straight catching mechanic. Mm. But then you're still throwing, like if you use R, you can just catch a Pokemon. If you use ZR, you send your Pokemon out and it can collect things from trees like an Arceus does. I feel yeah. like that would be like instrumental to like complete that experience to give people the option to catch if they don't want to battle. I like it. I would be up for that. Uh, so we are at an hour and a half. Uh, that's the sweet spot for me right now. So hopefully no much more, not much longer than that. Uh, thank you so much for being here with me on, on this delightful journey back into podcasting. It's, it's been a very, yeah. not for you, but it's been a long time for me. It's been like eight <laughs> months. Did a Zelda tier list and boy, that for some reason turned me off of podcasting for a while. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so uh, for now, as as I thank you, um, let's, can we talk about what's going on with you and what, what's going on in the world of, of Forest Minish? Um, oh my gosh. Streaming or otherwise. 
Yeah, so I am trying to get back more on a consistent streaming schedule. I Hopefully, I'm going on winter break for work soon because I work in a school. So I'm hoping I'll be doing some more streaming on my Twitch channel at Forest Minish. Uh, as always, you can see my writing at Twinfinite, and I'm always posting random gaming stuff on Twitter. <laughs> uh, so chat with me about video games on there. All right. And then uh, just for a little housekeeping from my side, um, I, you know, let's we're going to keep this gravy train rolling. If you're happening to go to MAGFest in January, first weekend of January, uh, there will be a dialogue box panel and I will be joined with Proton John there. So you can catch us talking about the awful experience of buying video games on the gray market and just watching two dudes complain about buying games for uh, for an hour because that's that's as much time as i told them that i that i would do the panel for um <laughs> uh hold on what 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 day is that what time is that i i have it i have it somewhere where's oh wait i'm on discord no i hold on hold on i'm gonna cheat because i got the <laughs> camera on me they can't see what i'm doing right now uh let's see let's see let's see let's see let's see where the hell did i write it Oh man, sorry. All both audio and video listeners, you're just gonna have to put up with this for a second. Friday, January 6th at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Come hang out with us. Uh, we'll talk about how awful buying video old video games is. Uh, and then I, I promise to take John with me to go buy old video games afterwards. So we won't learn our lesson one single bit. And then we'll be doing our end of year special where we talk about the games we played uh, that will be uh, streamed during January. So if you know, if you're not busy, Rebecca, in January, let me know. I know you're trying to get me to go to MAGFest. I'm thinking about it. I'm well, see what- MAGFest and, and uh, you know, we'll do a we'll do another episode later in the month. Wow. And we'll talk about the games okay. we played because we did that last year. I think that was a lot. Of fun. Oh, OK. OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've got I've got two whole episodes in the barrel and then I have to figure out what the hell I'm going to do for the rest of the year. So, But that will be future Andrew's problem uh, for now. Thank you guys so much for listening, Rebecca. Thank you so much for being here and we will see you guys next time i will probably see well who knows i at least will be there in the next episode goodbye everybody